The sense of touch is both personal and exploratory. According to some experts, when we feel a thing, we are generating detailed and durable memories for those objects, even when we don't intend to memorize their details. They just stay there with us forever. So while touch might not be the easiest sense for us to recall, it may be one of the most lasting. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And to conclude our series on the five senses, we'll talk about touch, the feelings it evokes in our bodies, and the memories it channels for us. How often do we say or think, I remember how that felt? When we do, I bet it's more often about the heart than the fingertips. Before we get started, we wanted to share something that Becky Decker Dada wrote to us, one of our listeners. She said, I just finished listening to the episode about pictures slash memories and want to share something I started doing for my grands. On their birthday, I make one of those photo books. It's a recap of the past year of their life. I try to include special memories of the two of us together, trips we've taken or just ordinary days we've spent together. They love looking at the photos and now we have some lasting memories of us together. Thank you, Becky, for sharing that with us. That is what we love about our listeners. When you take time to write to us, we feel seen and heard. And I hope that now that our series is concluding, you won't stop writing and giving us your input. We have lots of upcoming guests and new materials for you. So write to us on Facebook at The Grand Life or The Grand Life Podcast Fans. And you actually need to follow us. Otherwise, you know, you won't really be getting all that stuff. Other ways to communicate are to send us email at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com or leave voicemail at 317-572-7876. Let us know what you're thinking. And I would love more voicemails because I like to hear your voices. That would be fun too. Now, let's talk about enduring memories associated with the sense of touch. In our last episode, you met Ah Young Stobar, a fashion designer and founder of a premium family-friendly brand of clothing called Joa Love. Yes, I bought two pieces of clothing for one of our grands for her birthday from Joa Love, and I really love them. I can't wait until our granddaughter opens her present. It's going to be a couple weeks, and I'll let you know how that goes. But anyway, I got her a periwinkle kind of dress splashed with black paint. That's what it looks like. And a peachy pink polka dot top that she could wear with, like, black pants or black skirt. And they're soft, and they're fun, and they're great colors. And I'm just happy. They're happy, and I'm really thrilled about having them. And I wanted to let you know that there is a... 25% discount code available to all of our listeners. All you have to do is write in the code, coupon code thing, Grand Life. Just Grand Life, all one word, all caps, Grand Life. And you can get that 25% discount for a whole year. So if you're interested in getting some wonderful clothes for your grandchildren, they have girls and boys clothes, and they also have clothes for adults. And I'm looking at one for myself that um, she talks about the, the K-top, her grandmother, her mother's name is K. So that looks really comfortable. And we will have the um, uh, address in show notes as well. So you don't have to worry about taking notes here. Just take a look at our show notes. Yeah. You know, in that episode, um, I was mentioning that I had seen an Instagram post of Ah Young's, a video of her mom cradling her grandson in a swaddle. 
And we talked about how important it was to Ah Young to record and document what was happening with her mom, Kay. We'll talk a little more about that again a little bit later. But first, we wanted to talk to Ah Young about how her clothing line really highlights how important it is to her to design clothes that a child can enjoy and feel good in. So tell me, Ayang, I'm so curious about your uh, line of clothing because we are talking about touch and obviously we're talking about grandparent touch, but touch and texture are so important. And it sounds like your line of clothing that you have, tell us a little bit about it and also how texture and touch plays into your designs. Yeah, so Joa Love is a kid's brand that I started back in 2008. So it's been a while and I started it with the intention of having like just truly timeless and tasteful clothing for kids that didn't have like trucks thrown on it, Mm -hmm. rainbows and, you know, just random (laughs) graphics thrown on it. Like a lot of stories. Things that speak for you, like as if you really believe whatever is on your T-shirt. Yeah, I would never want my kid to be like a walking billboard for a cartoon you yeah. know like I would never dress kids like that and I, and I felt like I felt that way even when I didn't have any kids because sure. I started it when I was single amen but, amen amen <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mike's saying that too we feel like that about uh, children's clothing that's so funny yeah yeah and and like the colors you know like some how about just something outside of the primary colors you mm-hmm. know like red and just burst in your so at the time I wanted to start this brand for parents who didn't want what was out there and and back in the day back in 2008 there weren't many choices because it Mm. was before instagram before social media boom yeah so your choices were the big stores you know the big you know old navy you get the gap you know Mm -hmm. and it just didn't seem like they had what i would have wanted if i was a mother at that time Mm -hmm. so i also thought who wants to deal with zippers and buttons for kids. I don't even want to deal with it, you know? (laughs) So my philosophy was like, I want to make the comfiest clothes that's not only comfortable for the kids, but also comfortable for the parents. Because when you're holding a little baby, Mm -hmm. you want to, you don't want to hold jeans and denim. You want to hold a soft little bundle of joy. Um, So I want something soft and cozy. And then when he... When the baby throws up on it, I want to be able to throw it into the washer and dryer and then be done with it. Yeah. You know, I don't want zippers and have to iron. Very practical. So that's how I started Joa Love. And through the years, we've just kept extending the sizes. And we had so many customers asking, well, why don't you guys make this for adults? I would totally wear this. So (laughs) especially during (laughs) COVID, right? We all got to the point where. I mean, here yeah. I, here we are talking, and I'm wearing flannel flannel pants. I'm pajama pants. It just, you know, nobody yeah. wants. Everybody wants to be comfortable. Nobody wants all that other stuff you're talking about. So yeah, and I I just felt like you should never have to sacrifice your comfort to look stylish. Mm-hmm. You know, to look good. Mm-hmm. And also, you shouldn't have to like buy something new every season. I want these clothes to last until you're. Well, how many ever kids you you have? You yeah, know? yeah. That's the philosophy of, of Joa Love, and I just want everybody to be comfortable because I think comfort leads to happiness, and happiness, it, you know, every day, like just being comfortable in your body mm-hmm. makes you happy 
just in your life in general. My son, um, he doesn't wear pajamas. He wears his outfit for tomorrow, the night before, because <laughs> all of the Joa Love clothes are so comfy. It feels like pajamas. Um, you'll see my mom wearing a lot of like, you're like, well, does she ever change her clothes? She, I, I have this shirt <laughs> for made, like, especially for her mm-hmm. that we do sell. It's called the K. And she wears that every, you know, different colors every day because <laughs> she feels like it's flattering. It's comfortable. It's soft. And it's kind of like her uniform. And then yeah. she'll change into her, her fabulous clothes when she's going out with her friends and stuff. We're sharing with you segments from our interview with fashion designer Young Strobar. Do you happen to remember what your grandparents' clothing felt like to you? Well, so my maternal grandmother uh, was a sort of an outdoorsy gardener, craft kind of person. And so she she put a high value on clothes that you could get grubby in. Mm-hmm. The other two grandparents, the ones who were um, where the grandfather was a farmer and the grandmother was a general store manager, uh, they wore work clothes all the time. And they were not cuddly people, so it wasn't something I really experienced. Yeah, I think it's hard to be a cuddly grandmother when you're wearing a girdle underneath. I, my my grand, one grandmother, I had I'll a take your word for this. Well, I had a sleepover with her once, and when she took her dress off, she had a girdle like a full on you know body armor kind of thing. And I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, you know that looks it's, very uncomfortable." It's a contraption. <laughs> yeah. But and of course, now we have spanks and all sorts of things that are softer, but they still hold everything in. And then my other grandmother, we you know we often met her when she was at camp, what we called camp, which was basically the cottage by the lake. And she was definitely wearing, you know, very comfortable clothes that she could fish in and go out on the boat in and all that stuff. So she was definitely wearing the more, you know, soft clothes of the two. Um, We had some responses from our listeners about uh, fabrics. One of them said that she remembered crisply starched cotton fabric, the feel of that. And I get that. Um, because back then, you know, there was a lot of that, that was kind of like ironing was a thing. Like people don't iron anymore. Really. I, I still, I have to tell a secret to my listeners. I still iron pillowcases. I love that feeling of an ironed pillowcase, especially on a hot, summer or hot day when you just put your you put your head on that crisp pillowcase i just love that feeling but for the most part i don't iron a lot and when i do it it's it's an unusual comparatively they used to iron everything well 50 years ago you didn't have an option yeah that's true the, the easy care fabrics really hadn't happened yet that's but, true i but, mean you could have left them just wrinkled and Looking horrible, but they didn't do no, that. No, no, they, they were just too bad. But for 10 years, I've been buying shirts that you don't really have to iron. Yeah. So that crisp starch fabric also could have come from um, having things hanging on the line. Because when you think you hang things on the line, in fact, when we our first house, we, we used to do that a lot. And it does come out very crisp, almost standing on its own. But not comfy and not friendly. No, but it had a wonderful smell to it. Um, There are other things that our listeners mentioned. Um, Somebody mentioned their paternal grandmother, um, that that this listener wears her paternal grandmother's wedding band on her right middle finger, and it fits perfectly. And she says, there's not a day I don't think about her consciously or unconsciously. That's so sweet. Isn't that beautiful? Think about using your thumb and moving that ring around, you know, and thinking about your grandmother. Love that image. 
Our same listener talked about her paternal grandfather and his overalls, his tobacco pipes, and his straw hats. And those, and we're talking about the feeling of those, not necessarily the smell or the, you know, any of that. That, but it was the feeling of those. She mentioned her grandmother's pink fingernail polish. Still remember her dainty manicured hands. And her maternal grandfather's polyester colorful pants. Uh, because he was dressed by that grandmother with the manicured hands. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But man, those polyester pants were probably pretty comfy. I uh, mean, even when Ah Young was talking, she was talking about rayon. You es- know, that's a polyester. Especially the polyester Sansabelt colorful pants. <laughs> I mean, let's let's take it the whole way now. <laughs> Do you know our kids would not know what Sansabelt was? That's okay. Yeah, I guess it is. I'm just um, glad they know how to dial a dial phone. <laughs> They still do, right. And the last one was flip-flops. And, you you know, that's got a very specific smell to it, too. But um, she said her sister and I got a new pair from the drugstore when we visited our grandparents in Hollywood, Florida, to wear when we went to the beach. And that's definitely got a touch thing to it, a feel under your feet. I love the feel of flip-flops. Yeah. I do. Yeah, you got to love all those durable memories, you know. They're, I think that, that idea of your uh, feet, in the foam and how it creates this kind of, um, you know, impression of your toes is kind of what we're talking about. These durable memories, they don't come, they don't bounce back. They stay there and they're that way forever. Um, you know, not too many people mention their grandparents' hands. They, they, she mentioned her mother's, grandmother's dainty hands. But Mike, how do you remember the feel of your grandparents' hands? What do you think of? Well, the farmer and general store couple, their hands were, were rough because mm-hmm. they were working people. Makes sense. Uh, the other grandmother had terrible arthritis, and so her Aww. hands had uh, knobby joints, and mm-hmm. so they were different than anybody else in the family, just yeah. u- unique. And she looked like she was you know, working at a disadvantage all the time. Yeah. You know, my grandparents' hands were soft, Um and I used to play with the rings and the veins of my grandmother's hands sometimes when we'd sit in church together when she was sitting next to me. And, uh, you know, that that's a whole different feel. And I used to kind of push on the veins. And uh, I think my our grandchildren might do that. I don't even think about it, but, yeah. I'm not sure I'm happy about those popping veins, but that's kind of what happens to your hands when you get you old, right? Do? You know, Ah Young had memories of her grandmother's hands and how her grandmother's touch played a role in her life. So I grew up in Korea Mm -hmm. um, until I was nine. So I remember my mom was busy working. So my grandma would be the one who would take me to school for my birthday parties. And she's the one who showed up for me. And for many years, we did live together. So I remember her holding my hand, you know, Mm -hmm. just walking places and taking me to like the markets and, you know, just like never letting go of her hand at those markets. Mm -hmm. I I just remember that touch. And, you know, my, my grandma died when she was 94, Mm -hmm. around nine years ago. Unfortunately, she had dementia and Alzheimer's and the people that she could remember though, was me and my mom. Mm. and my my brother and I remember seeing her at the um at her like her nursing home Mm -hmm. and we'd be walking down you know the the hallway to go see her and she'd be like you could see she recognized she's like oh there's my daughter you know Mm. she'd be waving 
And I just remember the, one of the last times I saw her is she had this soft, you know, it's kind of like cotton balls, you know, her hair is like mm-hmm. gray and, and soft. I remember her just touching her hair Aww. and it was like the softest, like bunny for, I don't know what to, how to explain it. It's like yeah. the softest bunch of hair on her head. And that, you know, I, I, I wish I had more videos of my grandma, but because I lived far away, I didn't get to see her as much, but um, I definitely remember her hair. It's yeah. one of the last things I touched and I was holding her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I think that's why I, I, I want to capture everything on video because what I wouldn't do to see my grandma Aww. in action, cooking and just being herself, you know, before she became old and sick, right? Yeah. Like, I wish we had the technology back then. You can hear the emotion in Ayoung's voice when she talks about those memories. Detailed and durable, just like science suggests. And, you know, she she talks about how she's using technology and video to capture these things about her mother. Mike, you're a big fan of technology, especially recording and video and all that stuff. How do you think we can use that to resurrect a feeling of touch? Well, you know, when we record videos, we can use those moving images as a kind of a proxy for touch by doing close-ups. As it turns out, you know, mobile phone cameras, some of them at least, will tolerate what we call uh, macro-focused distances, getting real close to things, Mm -hmm. just a few inches uh, up to the subject. So, you know, get all up in there so that we can see the textures of hands and faces and the weave of fabrics and and the reflections off things that are hard and shiny. Yeah. Do you remember? I I don't know how many times I asked you to take pictures of the kids' feet when they were they were in the swings when they were babies because I just loved those pudgy feet with the little toes sticking out. It was so cute. Yeah, they're distinctive and only only for uh, last for a time. Oh, so short. Yeah. I was a big fan of long shots. You wanted more close-ups. I wanted yeah. long shots. And the thing is, if you're going to do that. Really, you you should do it without a lot of camera movement. Let your eye kind of wander along the shot and loiter on things that uh, will show you what surfaces look like, uh, help you imagine how they felt. If you do this with short, quickly moving video shots, it doesn't do that so well. I really appreciated all the videos you took of the kids. You you were quite you were quite on it. You were it often th- behind the camera. It was my thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, because it did take me out of some of the activities. Yeah. You know, I remember specifically a video of me with uh, our oldest daughter at the Cincinnati Zoo. And I love watching it even now because I'm holding her in my arms and we are snuggling, you know, like with her head in my neck. And we're just kind of like touching faces and noses. And I just can almost feel that when I watch it. I think I do feel that when I watch it, and it's one of my favorite things to watch. I'm thinking as I watched that Instagram post of Ah Young's that when she watches that or when Kay watches it, they will remember those moments and how they felt about the swaddling that took place. And the first time I saw her doing that, I walked out and I saw her like leaning on the couch uh-huh. so that he- because she was tired and she had taken a nap like that. 
And she did it because she didn't want to disturb the babies now. Sure. So I thought, oh, man, what an amazing woman she is and what an amazing grandma she is that she's literally sacrificing her body mm-hmm. to do this for my baby. Yeah. And not, it's not only because she loves him, but she loves me. Yeah. Um, this wrap is called, it's a Korean traditional wrap. It's called a, a podegi. It's been around since, you know, as long as I can remember. My mm-hmm. grandma did this for me. My mom did this for me. And it's made to, it's like a little blanket. And yeah. there's long ties that you wrap around the baby so that he doesn't fall out of it. But that you can, you know, women, we're, we're not just sitting around with the baby, holding the baby in the front. We're working. <laughs> exactly. Right? We're doing the dishes. We're cooking or doing whatever during yeah. the day. So I think, especially back in the day, it was very important for women to still be able to cook and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a Korean wrap and you put the baby on your back, you put him on, you know, and then you just go about your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that touch, that touch that he is maybe will, well, he'll see videos of it, but he'll, he also have it like a memory of it. I think just in his body, that feeling yeah. of love that he has from his grandmother, which it just really melted my heart when I saw it. I was like, this is what, this is what touch is all about. That legacy of a loving touch that he's yes. getting from her. Yeah. You think he must be feeling that when he's oh, yeah. napping because this is like a dream sleep machine. You know, he gets on her back and he'll start <laughs> blinking and rubbing his eyes. And literally within five to 10 minutes, he's in deep sleep. So she'll sit <laughs> like that for like two hours that's amazing. And that soft, you know, that soft back and he's just like on his belly. Mm-hmm. And who gets to sleep like that? <laughs> oh, I know. What a privilege, right? For for her too. Yeah. I mean, it does feed yeah. something in somebody who's older who, you know, you, you were a mother at one point and then there's this long period and there's this sense of disbursement, like your family just disperses and you don't feel useful. And then it all comes back around when you're holding a baby, you've got them yeah. on your back or on your front and feeds you too as a grandmother. I know it does for me. Yeah, I would imagine so. And then when he, sometimes when he does allow her to like, just hold him and he's sleeping or she'll maneuver him from the back and she'll sit down and put him on her lap and she'll just be like enjoying her K-dramas and (laughs) holding him for two and a half hours. She's still holding him. Mm -hmm. So how, how comforting does that feel for both of them? I love hearing Young talk about that because it reveals her generous spirit towards her mom. And it's important that two things are happening in that scenario. First, Young is open to letting her mom help her for sometimes hours at a time. And two, Young appreciates what she's doing. She's grateful for what her mom is doing. I guess there's also a third thing. Young's mom and dad have made the effort to be there for their daughter and their grands. And then there's another little bit that's a little different too, and that is that it's we're not talking about American culture here. We're talking about something different. It also has a lot to do with the difference in culture mm. because I think the Korean culture is designed where you are my mom until you die and you mm. get to tell me what, you get to boss me around until your dying day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and we and we honor and revere our parents, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're 60, if you have a 90-year-old mother, they're going to tell you what they think and they're going to insert their lives into your life. And our family is very much like intertwined that way where 
my mom is still the very, you know, she's a matriarch of the family. Yeah. And she, she, she comes and goes as she pleases. And, you know, I, we wanted that for our first, our, our nine-year-old son, because he was an only child mm. when we moved here. And I felt like my parents are going to be gone in, in, in 20 years, you know, God yeah. willing, like if they're still healthy and, and, and well, do I want him to just know them during Christmas and holidays? Right. Or do I want him to be able to be like, oh, let's go to grandma's house for, right. for lunch or, yeah. you know, it's different. And it's just definitely. have her. Definitely. And, and I was raised with my grandmother around me. So I, I thought everybody was like that. You know, I thought yeah. everybody had this amazing grandma that you were so close with. It's like having a, a second mother. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted that for my son. And then I had the, the baby. So it's like, oh, they get, they get to have that now. It's fun to hear about a parent, an adult parent and a grandchild relationship that works that way. It's not always, doesn't always happen that way, but it is wonderful to hear about. And you know, with Ah Young, uh, we talked a little bit with her about her mother and how her mother has evolved since she was a parent herself. It's amazing how much, how they, how people change because in her, you know, golden years, she's become so soft and so cuddly and so expressive with her love language. Oh, I love I, that. I, do you think you helped bring her to this place? I don't know. You know, I I don't know because I I have been apart from her. Like, I did live, you know, in another state for all these years. And I saw it, you know, when she would see my kids. I don't know if it's because she saw her daughter have kids and she saw her like my brother's kids, like she did this for all of my brother's kids as well. Mm -hmm. um, if it's just like that sense of like, okay, I, I'm, I'm now this grandparent and I'm going to, you know, she was at an age where it's not like she had to hustle and, you know, live her life as when she was raising us. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like she just became a more lovey, dovey person. Yeah, that's uh, that, so my dad, my boat, my dad also. Yeah, I mean, that must be something. I think that's true. I think that grandchildren are kind of like a funny do over. It's like I, all the time I didn't have to spend and cuddle and hug my children. Now I'm going to just throw that onto my grandchildren and give them everything I have. You know, I mean, life is short and it starts to be shorter feeling as you get older and you don't want to waste that time. Wasn't that great to talk to Ah Young, Mike? It, it really was. Yeah, and and just to hear her confirm what we as grandparents already know about ourselves. Inside, I feel like you are still 35, 40, uh, right? Absolutely, we yep, feel that way. Sure do. You're the, the same person in your brain, and and you just your appearance is just a little more mature. But I feel like you know grandparents get taken for granted as if they are not relevant mm -hmm. in their golden years. And I yeah. feel like we should do so much more than just kind of like allowing them to be on the outskirts of your family because they are, they're the ones who brought you here. Yeah. So I really appreciate what you guys do. 
was our guest, Ayang Stobar, mother of two boys and a fashion designer from L.A. who now lives close to her parents in the state of Washington. Her clothing line, Joa Love, can be bought through her online store at joalove.com and is available for babies all the way to grandmothers like her mom, Kay. Well, that wraps up our series, our five-part series about the senses, and I have to say I'm a little bit sad that it's over. Well, it's been a really great surprise, the amount of response that we got and the uh, collaboration that we got to do with so many people who listened to us and commented with their own ideas about, mm-hmm. about um, well, their recollections, really, on yeah. their own experiences with their grandparents. And, of course, we wanted to use that as a springboard mm-hmm. to think about how your experiences with your own grandparents are like and different from what you want to create with your own grands. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the challenge, thinking about that for myself and for uh, putting that out there for everybody else. So it was it was a great deal of fun. I, I'm looking forward to the things that we have ahead. Um, they'll be a little bit different, but I think you will enjoy them. They're all new things, things that we can enlighten ourselves about, about being a grandparent, and I hope you'll join us. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Mm -hmm.